Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content. I'm Nikesh Raghani, your host alongside Sarah Waris of Wisden, as always. And uh, Sarah, we're going to be talking today about the recently concluded T20I series between India and Sri Lanka. And uh, it was it's a pretty tightly contested series in the end, all apart from that final and deciding match where, uh, shall we say, the real India turned up or, or maybe they didn't or maybe it was a freak or who knows but either way it was a really good performance that's the India that the fans want to see big runs with the bat Surya the fireworks as always and then a good professional bowling performance as well albeit against a side that was trying to score over 10 and over from the off so you're always likely to pick up those wickets along the way at regular intervals as well um, but as I say you know it was a tightly contested series First and foremost, what have we learnt from that series? Have we learnt anything? First of all, you said, is this the real India? The real India is the one that keeps on, uh, keeps up showing up in world events. So I'm not, I have just lost hope in bilaterals, whatever it is. <laughs> That's the real India, whatever is we see in world events. And uh, yeah, as far as we talk about uh, the takeaways from the series I have been really impressed with Hardik Pandya the captain I know it was a very short series three matches India lost one match closely won the uh, first match but uh, Hardik Pandya was really impressive in so many aspects I don't know what you've made of his captaincy but whatever I saw of him right from you know the toss in the first uh, T20I he said um Sri Lanka won the toss and they put India into bat. But even then, Hardik Pandya said we would have batted first. We want to challenge ourselves. In Pune, the venue of the next T20I, he said that we would have... Uh, it was a, It's a good defending venue, but he opted to chase because he said we want to challenge ourselves, not just, you know, stick by what's easy for us. Then the way he backed Tripathi... He pushed Tripathi at number three, which, you know, he could have easily sent uh, Surya Kumar up at number three in the third T20I. So that was very impressive. Just the fact that he understood that Umran Malik might not be the best bet in the power playovers. You know, he'll he'll go for runs in the power playovers. And he took the new ball, uh, kept Umran Malik for the middle overs. And, uh, you know, just the quote from Akshar Patel, where uh, after the series ended, Akshar Patel said that Hardik Pandya has given me the license, told me to bat freely and just said that whatever happens, he's going to protect me. And, you know, he that that's that's what a captain should be. And just to know Akshar Patel is not a very uh, young player, but just to know that, you know, Hardik Pandya is giving that kind of license to everyone. Even Tripathi, who's a youngster, uh, Hardik Pandya actually put up an Instagram story after the match, after the third T20I. Tripathi had scored 35 in 16, if I'm not wrong. And uh, he put up an Instagram story for Tripathi saying that, well done, you know. And just that kind of confidence that, you know, he's not here to change your natural game. He's backing you and encouraging you. And it's been very impressive. I don't know if you agree with me, but uh, yeah. I think he's a great people manager and, and that has is something that there's only you could only really say that about Hardik Pandya in the last 12, 18 months at the most, really, because we all know what type of character he was when he came into the side a few years ago. He was this young kid. He was 
you know, branded as being a little bit arrogant. And obviously we've talked about his maturity in recent times and becoming a family man and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's really rubbed off on his cricket. And, you know, it's it's really sort of brought him out as a leader, really. We saw that with the Gujarat Titans in the IPL and they won in their very first season as a franchise. And a lot of that was down to his captaincy and, and the kind of environment that he created around the team. So I'd certainly agree with that. I mean, there were, there, look, there were some tactical things which were a little bit questionable, but he's a young captain. So um, you've got to allow him that, you know, bowling Akshara Patel in the final over in the second uh, T20i, that was questioned. You know, these things happen, right? And what we've got to understand as well is that there will hopefully be more good days than bad, but there will be bad days initially if India is to sort of completely refresh the way they play T20 cricket under a new captain. If Hardik does get the job full-time as well, it's going to be a team full of young players, a team full of players learning their trade, a captain learning his trade at the top level as well. So it's like England post-2015 World Cup under Owen Morgan's captaincy. I know he was the captain in 2015, but that was very last minute and he'd never really had any time to build anything. So it was really post-2015. And look, England used to put on some brilliant performances in white ball cricket, but they used to get thumped sometimes as well. They used to get all out for 150 sometimes, trying to score 400 in an ODI, for example. Um, And similar things would happen in T20s here and there. So you've got to understand that there are going to be some mistakes made. There's going to be days where India turn up, try and play in their particular way, in the Hardik Bandia style, whatever that might be in months to come. And they come undone because, you know, it takes time. These things take time. It's almost like building from scratch. If they are to stick with this young core of players, you know, there's not a lot of experience in the wider squad, really, if you're taking out your Kohli's, your Rohit's, your KL's, you know, your Rishabh Bunt's, all these guys, you, you're really starting from scratch. You know, Umran Malik is very new to international cricket. Hardik Bandi is a new captain. Rahul Tripathi, all these young guys, even Arshdeep, you know, Arshdeep mm. has played at the highest level in the World Cup, but he's a young guy. You've got to remember that. He's still learning his game. So mistakes will happen. But I think the fact that he protects his players when those mistakes are happening, takes it on his shoulders, I think that's a good sign for the future. Yeah, though after the, I think, second T20, he did pinpoint Arshdeep and he said that bowling as many no balls is a crime. That was a statement which I feel he shouldn't have said that because we went after Rohit when he passed a very similar comment uh, in the World Cup semi-final putting the blame on the bowlers. So I think that's, that's, you know, something which uh, Hardik Pandya should have stayed away from. But yeah, he's new, he will learn and um, I hope he learns and he improves. I just have a question for you. during throughout the series, India made two changes, uh, which were both were forced changes, uh, Arshdeep and Harshal Patel, and then Sanju Samson played the first match and then he was out injured because uh, Rahul Tripathi came in. So what we've seen, uh, probably it seems that uh, Hardik Pandya is someone who's going to back his players. On the other hand, you know, Rahul, uh, Rahul Ravid, under him, India have made a lot of changes, like from one match to another there I was actually very surprised that you know Rahul Tripathi held on to his place for the third T20I maybe he wouldn't have because the Indian team off late has not really been the sort of a uh, you know 
they have not really backed their players as much. You know, they've made these changes, chopped and changed their 11s from game to game, not even series to series. So, uh, Hardik Pandya seems someone who is going to stick to a team and, you know, back them. Uh, with Dravid, even in his playing days, he liked making these changes. He didn't really have a very settled team, you could say. He, he liked making these changes. So, do you think down the line... Pandya and Rahul Dravid would be a good, um, you know, pair or, uh, you know, he's spoken a lot about Ashish Nehra and how Ashish Nehra helped him in Gujarat Titans. Would you like to see Ashish Nehra come into the Indian team somehow? Uh, because that's something which, you know, now thinking of it, it could be an issue between Hardik Pandya and Rahul Dravid. Look, I'd, I personally would like to see a different test coach and test captain to the white ball setup, you know, completely different coach, completely different captain through white ball. And if it's not the test and white ball split, at least tests and ODIs have their own leadership and T20s, at least that, if not all white ball. So it's something that could happen. Um, I'm not sure if if it's perhaps an issue with Rahul Dravid. Uh, I mean, you know, these things can be hashed out, can't they? And it depends how well the two get on behind closed doors and, I'm sure they can sit down and come to some sort of agreement on team selection if that is the case and if Dravid continues across all three formats and if Hardik indeed is given the permanent captaincy as well. We still don't know that. Um, Ashish Nehra, look, I think the t- the reason a coach like Ashish Nehra suits somebody like a Hardik Pandya is because although, look, we see Ashish Nehra as this joker character, don't we? He's, he's the funniest guy in the world. You know, I've done podcasts with him as well and his stories are amazing he'll he's funny even when he's not trying to be funny all his teammates talk about him in glowing terms in ter- in terms of how much of a sort of you know tension release he was in the dressing room when when you're in those pressure situations and neraji would turn up and it, it just lightened the mood all of a sudden even if he wasn't trying to it's the way he talks it's his mannerisms he's just a funny guy and you know he's 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 a very clever guy. He's a very intelligent coach as well. But I think the fact that he relaxes everybody around him creates that relaxed environment anyway for the group of players, and that kind of suits Hardik Bandia because he's a laid back captain and a laid back mm. kind of leader and go and express yourselves kind of guy rather than let's sit down, let's get the whiteboard out, let's get the PowerPoint out, and all that. And then there might be some of that in there always is in modern day cricket, but. Hardik Pandya is a bit more old school in that respect, a bit like you could say maybe Ben Stokes, you know, just go out and express yourself and, and enjoy the game, go and entertain. That's what we're, that's what it's about. That's what they're there for. They're there to entertain. Sport is about entertainment. You know, you, you don't want to bog yourself down with too many stats and too many PowerPoints and yo-yo tests and this and that. And, you know, stuff like that does matter to an extent. Of course it does. And we're not saying, you know, that all none of that should exist because it's very helpful. But, you know, take it in little chunks. Take the bits of information you need. But ultimately, you're here because you're a talented player. You're playing for your nation. Go out there and show what you can do. Entertain the public. And I think that's what kind of guy he is. And that's maybe why that relationship has worked so well in the IPL. Um, you know, who knows if, if Nero will ever become a coach of India. If, if you know if he carries on doing well at domestic level then why not you know that relationship does seem to be working well but equally I think it could still work well with somebody like a Dravid if if 
you know, if that is to be the case, I'm sure, you know, they're grown men, they can work it out, can't they? And just quickly back on that point before we take a break on Ashdeep Singh. Yeah, you're right. He shouldn't have said that. You know, often there is the case of his, English isn't his first language. Yeah, he does speak mm. English really well. Um, but, you know, just in terms of those expressions and the ways of saying things and, you know, sometimes it doesn't come across that well. And, you know, it might just be a language thing and he didn't quite know the right phrase to use at the right time. What he said is correct, though. <laughs> no balls are a crime. Maybe that should be said behind closed doors, though, in terms of being that blunt about it. Um, but maybe he knows Ashdeep Singh has, has got, you know, some strong shoulders there and he can take that. So, you know, you've got to look at it from that perspective as well. When you're talking about players in public, you know which characters you're talking about. And that all comes down to individual management, doesn't it? Individual player management. You've got one guy who's a bit sensitive. You've got one guy who can take the criticism and you've got to manage them accordingly and say the right thing. So who knows? Ashdeep Singh might be, you know, your typical Punjabi, you know, hard man, difficult to break down. So he can take that and maybe that will fire him up. Not to bowl anymore. No. Well, balls. he didn't bowl no balls that, that in the next the tactic, match. He bowled wide in the next we'll match. Wait and see, so, right? Yeah, <laughs> he bowled four or five wide <laughs> in the next match. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least yeah. one thing. One thing worked, didn't it? One thing worked at least. Um, right. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back in a moment. I'm Neil Manthorpe, one half of South Africa on 99.94 with Lungani Zama. We're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since readmission. We cover every part of the South African game on 99.94 and you can hear us several times a week where you find your podcasts or on YouTube. So we've talked about Hardik Bandia, the captain, a um, little bit about Arshdeep and, and a couple of the other guys. I mean, we... We mentioned um, some of the batting there and obviously Sandra Sampson unlucky to miss out through injury um, after that first game, which is a big blow to him because he, he might well have got a run at playing in a whole series, which is quite a rarity for him. Um, Raul Tripathi came in and did really well. Um, I mean, look, they, they that that's one big positive, obviously. Um, one negative perhaps is, you know, they... Overall, I mean, if you look at the last sort of 12 months, particularly when some of the senior, so-called senior players in the T20 setup have decided to take rest or have been asked to take rest, mm. Shubman Gill's always shoehorned into the T20 side, isn't he? Is it time that India realised that yeah. they've got so much more talent? Why waste this guy, this really talented, potential, you know, test great and ODI great, why waste him in T20Is? Yeah, There's it's, no point, is I don't there, think when you've it's got that much talent? Or la- yeah, it's, I don't think... And, you know, it's, it's like, not his best format it's that, as well. It's That's... probably just the selectors thinking, OK, it's easier to have the same set of players in all formats. That's why there is talks of having Surya Kumar Yadav in the test setup also. He might be fine there, but, you know, there is someone like a Sarfaraz Khan doing well. So, you know... It's just been a history with Indian cricket of late, you know, mixing up formats. There is Guy Quad in the T20I uh, mix as well. And he's played nine T20Is. And T20Is isn't his best format. Uh, uh, by now, I've lost hope on Priti Shah ever playing for India again, unfortunately. So I won't even go down that track. Uh, but there are other talented players. Why not just have a Rahul Tripathi open? He can open as well. And with Gil... 
I have he he was with KKR from 2018 to 21, and I have seen him closely, more closely in T20s than maybe anyone else would have. And when he was released a lot from KKR, a lot of people were like, "Okay, it's a, a how, how how could KKR release him? How could KKR release him?" And all, but actually, it wasn't. I personally felt it wasn't the worst move, and I don't know if you think of, um, if you know that quote by Maklam, which became famous, that if you can't change a man, change the man. It was indirectly hinted at a Shubman Gill, so he was talking about um, KKR's slow batting approach up the order in the power play, and he was like, you know, we've given a lot of players an extended rope, and they've not really given us the desired results, and then he went on to. To say if you can't change a man, change the man. Like uh, okay, he's not doing well, then we might as well get someone else. Unfortunately, then the COVID pandemic struck and the IPL was uh, postponed, so we never really got to know uh, what the result of that would have been. But with Gill, it's like you know any layman would tell you that it's not his best format. I just dug up some stats, and, and it just proves that. So overall, strike rate is one twenty nine. Uh, power play strike rate is 119.95, not even 120. Another interesting thing is that since 2018, there are two Indians who have a power play strike rate of less than 120, which is Ishan Kishan and Shubman Gill. And guess what? Both of them were our openers against Sri Lanka. So it's like uh, the last World Cup, you had Rohit Sharma and KL Rahul struggling in the power play. And then you make a roadmap for 2024 T20 World Cup and you bring in exact similar players. So, like, what's the whole use of it? What's the n- new team that you're talking about? Uh, with Shubman Gill, he is good against spin, but then his middle over power play is 128. So, it's like, you know, he starts off slowly and is not real, really able to capitalize uh, against his strengths also, which is uh, spin. So, at best, like even if he gets on, uh, scores the big runs, he has a good average in T20s. He'll score the 50s, but it'll come in 40, 45 deliveries. And you have to ask like whether that's the kind of um, batter you need in your team. Even the third T20, I think uh, he was batting with Rahul Tripathi. And uh, he was batting on... Um, 14 in 17 deliveries to later he went on and kind of caught up but if not for Rahul Tripathi you know uh, Hardik Pandya later said he changed the momentum of the game for us if not for that innings you know it could have just been the tuk-tuk kind of batting as you say so uh, yeah, I, I have never been in favor of Gil in T20s right from the KKR days I got a lot of hate for it he's a youngster he will improve blah 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 but ultimately you know you have to see if he is fit enough to be in the team right now, and right now I don't think that yeah he's fit enough, uh, he's not suitable to be in my eleven at least for now. Yeah, yeah there is a, a bit of an obsession there, and, and you're right about mixing formats and you know not selecting particular players for particular formats, and who knows why that is. Um, look, it's, it's mm. the same selection sort of set up now isn't it with I know the selectors have changed yeah. but Chetan Sharma I remember I, I told you on the last episode that he'll be back he was back later that day after we recorded um officially and um you know there's a new selection panel and you know some names that people will be familiar with SS Das of course played quite a bit of test cricket in um, the sort of early 2000s and 
you know the the only man shorter than Sachin Tendulkar in the in the Indian side at the time, which was quite a thing. Um, you know, Salil Angola. You know, there's some more recent names which people might be a bit more familiar with. But you know, let let's see if if they have as much influence as you know we hope they do have in trying to freshen things up in terms of Indian cricket. I mean, there's again, there's no sort of. Mm. I, clear plan with this selection committee first of all I don't know if there should be a committee like I've discussed before um but also there's no like t20 specialist on the committee you know somebody who's done really well in t20 mm. cricket knows the modern t20 you know like a Dinesh Karthik I'm not sure he would have wanted it because he still plays in the IP but you know if he dis- you know somebody like that you know somebody maybe who's retired uh, already and and has performed really well throughout the IPL and done well in T20 just knows T20 cricket there's nobody who's maybe a test specialist you know there's people who've played test cricket yes but there's nobody who's like a great of the game or anything like that so I'm not saying it's only greats of the game that know test cricket so we'll wait and see if if any of these guys you know do come up with some interesting selections or if they just go with pretty much the status quo and maybe just try the odd new player for the sake of it every now and again. But it doesn't really inspire you, does it, when the chairman of selectors is supposedly sacked and then he's never really lost his job because he's been selecting teams in the interim and now he's officially going to be selecting teams going forward as well. And this is no, you know, I'm not trying to have a go at Chetan Sharma here, you know, brilliant cricketer and, you know, a very good man, but... If it didn't yeah. work, then why go back to it? That's that's the question. And, and I suppose you, you'd agree with that, right? Yeah, definitely. And one more point is uh, Bumrah, as we were speaking Bumrah earlier today, a few hours uh, ago, he was ruled out of the Sri Lanka series. And uh, he had been selected a few days ago because apparently he had been passed uh, fit by the NCA and today the BCCI wants to rest him. There was an article in Buzz which said that it was on the insistence of the selection committee that Bumrah was drafted into the squad. Uh, to the, um, last year, uh, during the Australia series, when Bumrah uh, suddenly made a comeback and then he got injured again and then he was ruled out for, for four or five months, that series, uh, I think it was Dravid who later came on and said that, you know, Bumrah was never fit and we rushed his selection. And uh, I think it was the selection committee, um, um, Chetan Sharma or someone else, I'm not really sure. But um, they said that, you know, no, it was Dravid. Yeah, he said that we have to look at the NCA and the selectors for, you know, uh, for the lack of communication or, you know, why they are going on and passing unfit players as fit so that in September they had selected Bumrah who wasn't really fit again now they selected Bumrah he wasn't really like fit a hundred percent so that's another uh, question mark on the whole selection committee and uh, do you think it's laziness on their part that they just keep picking players from one format to another or they just assume that okay wow he's a great generational player someone like a Gil and he is automatically assumed to do well in T20s or a Sky will do well in test cricket or yeah maybe it's laziness or maybe it's just a weird assumption which obviously is 
Yeah, but it can work on one hand. But then on the other hand, Britney Shaw, when he was coming through, even as a you know teenager or even like as a twelve year old, people raving about this guy as a once in a generational, more than that, really almost once in a lifetime kind of player or the, of the ilk of somebody like a Sachin, the talent that he had at that level and breaking world records and coming in, making his test debut, scoring a century on test debut and all these brilliant things that he did. And then he's been dropped for other, all right, maybe it's off the field stuff, but you know, if if they were that obsessed about hmm. someone's talent and being once in a generation and just let's, you've got to select them no matter what, then he would be in across all formats as well, but hmm. he's not. So yeah, Sanju Sampson as well, you know, maybe not quite as talented as such in those early days, but you know, still a brilliant player. Um, and you know, again, he's, he's personal favorites, maybe that's what it is. And we can't have that with the selection committee, which, you know, it might, that might be the problem. People have got their favorites. They, they want to keep selecting KL Rahul in across all formats, even if he's not scoring any runs and all that other type of stuff. So just another frustration, right? We'll take another short break. And uh, again, we'll be back in a moment. Hi, I'm Mark Machado, broadcaster and Sri Lankan cricket fan. Every week, Estelle Vazu, Devon and myself will drop several episodes of Sri Lanka on 99.94, keeping you up to date on the latest from the Sri Lankan cricketing world. If you want to know what Hasaranga is up to, where Chabri Athapattu scored her runs, or what Narosha Dickweller has been discussing behind the stumps, then make sure to watch or listen to Sri Lanka on 99.94. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on the 99. 99- 9.94 app. Join the Shrunken Crooked Conversation and get involved. So, you know, some of the selections there which we've questioned, some which, you know, we like, like, you know, trying out new guys like Rahul Tripathi and, you know, Sanju Sampson probably would have got all three games had he been fit as well. So, you know, some positive signs as well. Umran Malik, again, you know, getting a run, which he needs. He needs desperately to have a run at international level to to find his game, really, at that very top level. Um, one selection dilemma, though, that a lot of people have, and this is across formats as well, because don't forget, we've got the Border Gavaska Trophy coming up very soon. Um, so back to test cricket. And even in white ball cricket, especially T20s, the, the question mark has come up, hasn't it? Akshar Patel or Ravindra Jadeja? We've spoken about it briefly before. Akshar's the man in possession. He's batting probably better than he ever has at the moment mm. and doing all right with the ball. You know, he's not doing any worse than Jadeja would do. Maybe he's not as good a fielder. Well, not maybe. He's definitely not as good a fielder as Jadeja. is the best in the world. Um, but he's not bad. He's a pretty good fielder as well. Who do you reckon? Who are you going for? Right now on current form, it has to be Akshar Patel. For me, he is overall a better striker. He has a better strike rate. This is just based on bowling, uh, batting form. Overall, he has a better batting strike rate than Jadeja. And we've spoken about this. You you had pointed out you know, how, how the stats are very similar. But uh, Akshar Patel's batting is a little bit better. Uh, better than Jadeja's overall and uh, since 2022 IPL Akshar has improved his batting tremendously 
in the IPL, he had a strike rate of 150 and uh, average 45, which is pretty decent. And uh, currently, since 2022, Akshar aver- averages 23, but he has a strike rate of 165, which, you know, at number 7, he bats at number 7, 8, whatever he bats in, uh, is am- like, which is exactly what India needs. And it's not only just, you know, he's not a blind slogger in the first T20I India were in trouble he combined with Deepa Kuda and he played very he played a very mature knock India could have won you know Shiva Mavi later came in and he he surprised everyone uh, by playing a few shots as well so yeah that was impressive I know you have a lot to say uh, you have spoken about both of them which is your preferred pick uh, currently for me it's Akshar do you agree with me or do you want Jadeja in your team if we, yeah, if we're if we're talking T Twenty eyes, I would say go with Aksha because he's the man there. He's in form. Why would you want to drop a guy like that? You know, you're going to dent his confidence for a start. So then, when you do need him further down the line, he might be damaged from that mentally. So you know, if, you, if he's playing well, you can't drop him. So he he's got to stay there. You can't afford two players who are very similar like that and yeah people will say oh they're a bit different this and then not really they're both so left arm bowlers they both fire it in there's not a lot of turn on offer they're both good fielders one's outstanding one's very good and the batting Uksha as you say you know he's he's doing exactly the job that's required of him and he can play those mature knocks as well so he's a man in form and why not I mean Jadeja's been a little bit injury prone recently. Obviously, he's been out for months this time. Um, but, you know, he's had a few little niggles. He's getting a bit older. He's probably still ahead of Uksher yeah. in the pecking order, certainly for overseas test cricket. Um, but even at home, you know, they tend to go with the Jadeja Ashwin combination more often than not. Uksher gets his chance when either Jadeja's injured or sometimes they want to play three spinners. Um, but he's the reserve. So why not just. Again, split the formats. Have Jadeja as your main guy in tests, Aksha as your main guy in ODIs and in uh, sorry in T Twenty Eyes, and then in ODIs, you've got a decision to make. But you know we don't need to maybe discuss that as of yet. Um, you probably say Aksha at the moment again is the man in possession of that slot if they do play a left arm spinner in there, or, or do they even play either of them in ODIs? Have they got enough other players to? take up those slots so you know that that's up for debate but yeah keep Jadeja for mm-hmm. for tests and maybe ODIs and Akshar for T20Is and and see what else is available for really um that's that's the route I'd go down one position though that is secure and has been secure for quite some time just before we finish we have to quickly talk about Suryakumar Yadav <laughs> Some of those shots should be illegal, right? Yeah, just, just, I, I'm just tired of talking about him. And uh, there was a very interesting tweet by Ian Bishop during his innings that do you think a late debut worked in his favour? Or would he have been as impactful if he de- uh, made his debut at the age of 25, 26, 27? Um, I somehow feel uh, it, it's very easy to talk about this in hindsight and say, yeah, it worked for him and all, but... But I do agree with that because he, uh, in an interview on Breakfast with Champions with Gaurav Kapoor, he did say how the repeated snubs helped him, how his wife has helped him with the diet and his fitness and everything. I would like to know your views on that. Do you think 
making his debut at the age of 31 32 work for him you know almost like rahul tripathi rahul tripathi is 31 32 so he's not a youngster he he has been doing well in domestic cricket i've been rallying for you know picking him i did an article on him a whole 12 1500 word article on rahul tripathi last uh, after the ipl you know pick him pick him in the squad and all uh, so tripathi is almost like a sky do you think a late debut has worked for him or maybe you know we've lost a few good years of sky by not picking him it's an interesting one i think for certain players it works when you've got past a certain age and you know not just by numbers but just by the experience of the amount of cricket you've played you've got to know your game perfectly you you're basically the best version of yourself and he's that's sort of a prime age for a batter isn't it 30 31 that's that's sort of the prime age for a batter in international cricket and for him it's not been you know he's not reached his prime through international cricket it's been through domestic cricket but he's kept that motivation and that can often be the challenge because look i'll give you an example of me and i'm you know nowhere near <laughs> i was never anywhere near international quality but I wanted to become a professional cricketer and you know this is talking about trying to get into a county back when I was younger and you know by the age of sort of 17 18 you know it's probably not going to happen but then you think all right there might still be a chance you do well in club cricket and you you know your local county you know it's, it's it comes in the papers all the scores and then you know the newspapers in in those days and online and you know the the scores are there for the premier league which is like one level below county cricket um so you never know you perform consistently there but then by the age of like 21 you know it's not going to happen and you kind of lose that motivation well you think it's not going to happen you lose that motivation and mm. you just like your heart's not in it whereas for him he's a different type of character he you know usually by the age of like 28 29 30 you've not made your debut you know even though he's from mumbai which traditionally you know used to get favored in sometimes in selections and stuff especially if you're a batter you know the bombay batting school and all that it just didn't happen and it would would have been so easy for him just to say well you know it's not going to happen i'll just relax and not try as hard you know not try as hard but he's still playing mm-hmm, yeah. professional cricket he's still playing in the IPL but do you know what i mean that extra motivation to become an international cricketer like that match against the RCB yeah. a couple of years ago where mumbai were in a really crap position he won them the game it was a brilliant knock it was against virat kohli who was then yeah. the indian captain and it was a message that that innings was a message at the age of 31 whatever he was to say this is what i you know you should be selecting yeah. me for your team basically this is what i do and and you know for him to have that level of motivation at that age i think that's spectacular and it it only works for certain characters and it clearly has worked for him yeah and and that match which you spoke about was a few days after the india squad for uh, australia uh, odis had odis t20is had been announced so you know that that ha- added to the whole context yeah. and uh, the whole drama about um, about that incident where he was staring and you know they were involved in a stare fest and like um, all this kind of uh, all that thing and also suryakumar is just like an inspiration to the other cricketers also you can say that you know 
by 21, 22, 23, if they've not yet cemented their place, yeah, you're right, they will lose hope. But, you know, with him coming and then doing so well, maybe it's kind of like an inspiration also to the other players that, okay, just continue doing well. It's okay if I'm 29 or even 30, my time will come. So, yeah, that way, even that way, you know, it's such a great message for the other domestic stars who it's so easy for them to lose hope because obviously the competition is huge in India. And if you're either in the radar of the selectors or you're not, uh, as you earlier also said, you know, there is favoritism. We are not accusing them of favoritism. But uh, obviously, there are, there are certain players who are the favourites of the coach and the management. Like Deepak Huda, Rahul Ravid loves him. He backed him in the under-19 days. He backed him in Rajasthan Royals. So Deepak Huda, he's just a favourite of Rahul Ravid. So th- there are cases like that. And yeah, Surya Kumar is just a fine example that it's okay, whatever it is, not only for cricketers, but I think for uh, people in general, that no matter how, you're never too old to just, you know, go after your dreams, to just keep faith and keep performing. And yeah, one day, if you're good enough, you'll get your rewards. Yeah. And look, he's a fit guy. Like you say, he's been working on his fitness a lot, his diet, everything. There's no yeah. reason that he can't go on till he's in his late 30s, like 38, 39. You know, the, the, the fitness levels that these guys have. You saw what happened with Pakistan and Mizbol Huck. He made his debut in his early 30s and he ended up forcing himself to play till he was like 42 or something just, you know, to cement a, a good international career for him. So, you know, so it can happen. I'm not saying Surya is going to play till he's 42, um, the but you know, certainly, so why not Surya Kumar? Not for India, not for India. So <laughs> that's the difference, isn't it? And by his late thirties, he was slowing down the reflexes and all that. So, but you know, I, I think Surya could potentially play till his late thirties if he wants it enough. Um, so you know, there's still time. There's still time. There's still World Cups. You never know. He, he could go on and have a, a good, successful career on paper as well as uh, the, this impact he's had in this short space of time. Um, but again, just just brilliant from him. And, uh, you know, India getting the job done in the end uh, in Rajkot as well, thanks to uh, his fireworks and then uh, backed up with the ball as well. Right, we've got the ODIs on the way uh, against Sri Lanka. Three ODIs. Uh, action never really seems to stop. Uh, as we record this podcast, it's tomorrow. Um, so by the time you listen to this, it might well be underway uh we'll obviously react to whatever happens in that series as well but that's all we've got time for today thanks for listening and see you next time thanks for listening to india on 99.94 where we speak cricket every day please rate review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts you can download the 99.94 app and follow us on twitter at nikesh ragani and at swaris 16 Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews, and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. 
Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.